0: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
1: Are the Bucks frauds at 2-0? Do the Patriots stink at 0-2? Plus, the running back injuries piled up fast. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major sports.
2: Found it. Let's
0: start with the biggest story.
1: Today's episode brought to you by bird dogs. Go to birddogs.com/lockedon slash locked on or enter promo code locked on for a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you three, two and O teams lead the NFC South. Just as everyone projected and predicted before the season started. Let's talk to one guy who might've actually done that locked on Buccaneers host, James Yarko. And James, this is not a surprise to people who listened to your show because you insisted this team was going to be better than they were being given credit for. I was one of those people not giving them the credit. So why has this team been better? What were
3: people missing? What was I missing? I think a lot, what a lot of people were missing was the fact that Tom Brady left, right? So, okay. Tom Brady leaves. I didn't miss that part. In eight and nine (laughs) teams. So they're obviously going to stink, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is, is, What people didn't realize about that 8-9 and team were all the injuries that they dealt with, the complete and total ineptitude of Byron Leftwich as an offensive coordinator. So you, you are working on revamping an offensive line. You bring in a new offensive coordinator, a new play caller, somebody that really energizes the offensive side of the ball, and everyone seemed to forget that this team still has Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin, and Devin White, and Levante David, and Antoine Winfield Jr., and Vita Vea, And they thought Tom Brady was the whole team. And it's like, look, yes, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game of football. So going from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield, while it is a downgrade, Baker Mayfield is the exact kind of quarterback that Dave Canales was going to want. And they still have a lot of talent. And they were going to be able to win a lot more football games than people really thought. So it was just merely a matter of Tom Brady left, so of course this team is going to stink.
1: As someone who is covering a team that also moved on from a Hall of Fame quarterback and everyone is going, well, they can't possibly have upgraded at that position. I totally understand where you're coming from. Right. As you look around the league, I mentioned the, the 2-0 and teams in their division, the Falcons, mm-hmm. the Saints, they had some level of expectation. The Bucs didn't. I would say the Commanders div- didn't. You're in my pal, David Harrison, who used to be on Locked on Bucks, covers them for Locked on Commanders. As you look around the league, is is Tampa Bay the surprise 2-0 team if you're just going to go from what the popular narrative was, or is it the Commanders or someone else?
3: I I think the Bucks are certainly in that conversation, but this is also a team that started off 2-0 last year. So you have a tough test coming up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Then you're on the road against the New Orleans Saints. So I, I like to temper the excitement and the expectations a little bit. yes, going into Minnesota, it's a very difficult place to play. That was yep. a phenomenal team last year in the regular season that came away with a lot of one score victories. Now they have two one score losses to start the year. So I would say that that the Buccaneers are a surprise two and0 team for sure whether or not they're the surprise team, I I might lean a little bit more commanders or even Falcons. Yeah. At this point in time, uh, as, as far as being the surprise, the, the biggest surprise 2-0 team. Well, for B- the Tampa Bay, what, what could be sustainable
1: about this? Why is this 2-0 start not a fluke for them?
3: A lot of it has to do with the, the change in offensive philosophy. So you go back to last year, Byron Leftwich, very, very quick to abandon the run even when the run game wasn't working for Dave Canales and the Bucks' offense against the Vikings, they stuck with it. They forced the defense to continue to be, you know, be honest and, and have to play against the run against the bears. That worked out really well. The Bucs had 120 rushing yards as a team and, and Rashad white was averaging almost four and a half yards per carry. So it, it's the ingenuity the creativity of Dave Canales, a lot of moving the pocket, a lot of designed boots and designed rollouts, and a lot of quick hitters, which I think is is really going to be something that they're going to have to rely a lot on because while the offensive line is healthier, they still have some growing pains. You still have a rookie at right guard. You still have Tristan Wirfs, who has moved from the right to the left side. You still have uh, Luke Gedeke, who struggled a lot last year, now going back to right tackle. So there's a lot of, of quick passes, a lot of timing routes. But Dave Canales is doing a really, really good job of adjusting to what the defense is giving him. We saw that against the Vikings. We saw that against the Bears. You have to think that that's going to continue, which is a big change from last year and a reason that the Bucs are going to be in the conversation of the NFC South division winner come you know November, December. Stay up to date all year on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by subscribing to Locked on Sports today and Locked
1: on Bucks on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked on Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Patriots might be 0-2, but is there optimism in losing to two of the best teams in the NFL? Before we get to that, you won't believe what happened to a fan at the Patriots game Sunday night. I've never had a pair of shorts that made me look as good while also being as comfortable as with my bird dog shorts they just make you look good they're stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg giving you a truly sculpted look and they fit like a dream it's incredible when you wear them they fit and look unlike anything I've ever experienced and I have been in search for the perfect short basically my entire life and I found them I pretty much found them. You can seriously go from the couch to the golf course to a night out all in the same pair of bird dogs because it's a stretch khaki that also does not sacrifice any movement despite fitting pretty pretty tailored in terms of close to your body. Show off those legs, man. Let's do this. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on or enter promo code locked on for a free water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on. Or promo code locked on for a free water bottle. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise.
0: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: A witness said the
0: man who died after what officials
1: called an incident at the Dolphins-Patriots game was punched in the head two times. In an interview with several local media outlets, Joey Kilmartin said he saw Dale Mooney, a 53-year-old from Newmarket, New Hampshire, confront a rival Dolphins fan with whom he'd been arguing during most of the game. Police and personnel responded to the facility's upper deck shortly before 11 p.m. and found Mooney in apparent need of medical attention. Mooney was taken to a hospital where he was pronounced dead, according to a news release. (laughs) Rihanna Stewart scored 27 points and the New York Liberty beat the Washington Mystics 90 to 85 in overtime on Tuesday night to advance to the semifinals of the WNBA playoffs for the first time in eight years, New York hadn't won a playoff series since 2015. The second seeded Liberty will play either number three, Connecticut, or number six, Minnesota. Those two teams will play the deciding game of their best of three series on Wednesday night. The semis kick off on Sunday. Well, tip off. We're in football season. The
4: LA Angels took the loss against the Tampa Bay Rays, but it wasn't all bad on Tuesday. The Angels took the loss against the Tampa Bay Rays on Tuesday night, losing six to two. And why am I not mad about it? I'll tell you why. What's going on everybody? John Fresh, one half of Locked On Angels. Look. It's the end of the season, Tampa Bay is going to the playoffs. The Angels are not. What I enjoyed about this game was the fact that we got to see Logan Ohapi hit his 11th home run of the season, and Zach Neto got to hit his 9th home run of the season in front of a ton of friends and family. Patrick Sandoval did pitch decently. He went five innings pitch on five hits, gave up two runs on a home run, and he had three walks and seven Ks. Took 100 pitches to get through five. You'd like to see that be better, but it's a step in the right direction. He's certainly been worse this season. Mike and I are going to talk about Shohei Otani's procedure, what questions Mike Trout should ask of ownership this offseason, and tell you why I wasn't upset with the lineup they rolled out on Tuesday night. We'll talk about it all
5: on Locked on Angels. The Phillies fell to the Braves. Well, folks, tough one tonight for the Phillies. Connor Thomas, your host of Locked on Phillies, and... Yeah, that's just what it's like to play the Atlanta Braves. They're a very good team with a very good lineup who went off. I mean, Acuna goes yard a couple of times. That's just, that's kind of what you get playing them. But here's the thing that I want you to remember from the first two games of the series with Atlanta, right? If this was a playoff series, the Phillies are coming back to Philadelphia tied 1-1. That's a great thing. That's all you need to do in the postseason. They now have faith they can do that. You can still win the series with a win tomorrow. And I need you to reserve a little bit of judgment on Michael Lorenzen. Was he terrible tonight? Yeah, awful. His worst outing as a Philadelphia Philly. But his first out of the pen, his first in a piggyback role. And he's going to need some time to adjust to that from starting all year. So give him a little bit of time. Give the Phillies some time. They're still fine. This is just not a great game against the best team in baseball. They'll live. We'll talk more on the next episode of Locked On Phillies. And the Nationals held on to beat the White Sox. The Nationals hold on to win
0: 4-3 against the Chicago White Sox. And Luis Robert Jr., my eyes are on you. obviously know you're a great baseball player and everything, but you are a Nationals killer. You lead off that ninth inning with a leadoff double there against Kyle Finnegan, who, by the way, he has not had an easy go for it over the last month. Plus, as we've seen the numbers dip, dip, and dip once again. Giving up that earned run there, but... He hangs on, gets the win against the White Sox. Jackson Rawlings made his second start of the year for the Nationals. And he looked really good, in my opinion. Going six and a third there, giving up those two earned runs, obviously, solo home runs. I'll take that over six and a third. Last week he looked four earned in the first inning against the Pirates. It was not good, but this time around, he showed his promise. He was pumping strikes, and that's really what you want to see from young starting pitchers, especially. In this young staff. Here is another story you need to know. In the
1: NFL, there's a running joke that 0-2 is Owen Tombstone. Teams (laughs) that go 0-2 tend to be dead for the season. They do not come back and make the playoffs, except, of course, just last year, the Bengals did exactly that, and they went to the AFC Championship game. So just because you go 0-2 doesn't mean you're totally out of it. Just pretty close. Maybe like Jon Snow in Game of Thrones where he died and then had to be brought back to life. That's what these teams are facing here. Mike DeBate from Locked On Patriots joins me now. And, and Mike, uh, there are a lot of football fans who just wish the Patriots would stay dead. That's for sure. Um, and right now they are 0-2. What has gone wrong for this team so
0: far?
6: Well, I think uh, rotten luck, first of all. I think there have been some bad breaks that have gone the New England Patriots' opposite way, where in years past they've been on the beneficiary side of those types of breaks. But bottom line, the New England Patriots are simply not executing in the clutch. They're not doing the little things it takes to win, and that's uncharacteristic of a Bill Belichick coach team. In the Brady-Belichick era, this team was one that converted – fourth, and third down chances. They were able to find ways to be able to advance the ball. they got key stops when they needed to. The defense is holding up their end of the bargain for the most part, but the offense needs to start moving the ball a little bit better. Cohesion needs to work a little bit better, and this offensive line has been about as banged up as you can possibly get. So all of that together is a perfect storm for the rest of of uh, the uh, NFL fandom, uh, but definitely uh, a uh, true tempest for uh, the New England Patriots that find themselves in an 0-2 hole for the first time since 2001. That was Bill Belichick's second year coaching the team, but I don't want to remind any of the Patriots haters out there that 2001, (laughs) New England Patriots did parlay an 0-2 start into a Super Bowl championship, so it's not unprecedented.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, as soon as you said 2001, I went, hmm, what happened in 2001? I can't quite remember how that season went for the Patriots. Um, if you're going to make the case, not that they're mm-hmm. going to go in the Super Bowl, of course, right. but if they are going to, let's just say, turn it around, whatever that looks like for this team, what needs to tighten up for them? What needs to get better? And, and can they do it?
6: Uh, I think they can do it. I think this team can turn it around and be a competitive team and one that is in contention. Again, the 2001 team that won the Super Bowl is not the same makeup that the Patriots have this time around. So I'd probably prevent those types of visions dancing in the heads of Patriots fans. But what what they need to do is shore up protection on the offensive line, whether that means bringing in a veteran to kind of lend a little bit of wisdom and counsel or at least a little bit of veteran savvy to that group may be beneficial. Uh, they've had a good amount of injury. The left tackle uh, the left tackle position is well manned by Trent Brown. He was out on Sunday. The right tackle position has been a little bit edge. Once they do that, they need to get the running game going, and not so much just to establish the run, but to utilize the run in ways that makes Bill O'Brien's offense better. Start uh, facilitating play action. Be able to utilize Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott, both to their strengths, Ramondre Andre in early downs and Ezekiel Elliott in the red zone. If they do that, they've got enough talent at the tight end position and enough capable receivers to make things better than what we've seen so far. But it really all begins and ends with the offense. We need better output in order for the Patriots to make this a competitive season.
1: The Patriots at 0-2 are in some pretty good company around the league. Some playoff teams last year, some teams with some really good records from last year sitting there at 0-2, the Cincinnati Bengals, the LA Chargers, the Minnesota Vikings the highly fraudulent 13-win Minnesota Vikings from last season. As you look (laughs) around the NFL, which of these 0-2 teams is most likely, do you think, to turn it
6: around? Well, right now, I would have to say the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, yeah. you know, they've got the track record. They're well-proven. It's all going to hinge on that calf of Joe Burrow, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's got to be something that has to improve. You have to see that he's beyond that. And then once he does, I think this team's got enough talent on both sides of the ball to write that shit. Uh, the Vikings are in a decent position to be able to do it without any question about it. Say what you will about Kirk Cousins. Has a way of being able to lead his team when most needed, unless it's in a prime time situation. And I know I'm going to make you smile when I say that. Um, And the other outlier here that you probably have to watch out for is the Los Angeles chargers. Uh, This team has been, I think the victim of some questionable coaching decisions, but they do have a good amount of talent again on both sides of the ball. And anytime you employ a quarterback like Justin Herbert, you give yourself a puncher's chance.
1: Stay up to date on the new England Patriots by subscribing to locked on sports today and locked on Patriots on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, Nick Chubb is the latest star running back injured this season. What is happening? Nick Chubb went down on Monday night with a gruesome season-ending knee injury. After just two weeks, we've seen running back injuries coming at an alarming rate. Who are the names teams might turn to? Well, Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson discuss the state of the running back position on Peacock and Williamson.
2: And look, if we're talking injuries... He's not alone in in week two of the NFL season. It's early in the Autumn. season. Their teams scrambling at running back already. Nick Chubb, uh, Saquon Barkley went down with a sprained ankle. Luckily, not a high ankle sprain, but he's going to be gone for three weeks. And they've got a Thursday nighter up quick. And so that's a tough one for New York. They lose their best player and they're on the road on a Thursday night. You've got Austin Eckler's been injured. Jonathan Taylor, whatever his situation is right now. Um, you've got Dobbins and... You've got Jones and yeah, Aaron, Aaron Jones the yeah. week, yeah, yeah, Aaron Jones out um, yeah, wow. you know some of those are are season enders, Dobbins and Chubb, and some others. The players will be back at some point. Taylor, I would assume would be back and, and potentially there's still trade opportunities there, and with all these teams with with running back injuries, maybe there's more teams willing to trade for Taylor now that weren't willing to two weeks ago before the season started and um and even some other, I mean if we're looking at it from a fantasy perspective there there's tons of weird running back situations anyways where uh, you know fantasy owners are probably really scrambling right now to try to find someone to to plug into their their lineup because even I mean the the league's leading rusher last year Josh Jacobs had negative two yards this <laughs> week <laughs>
1: two yards yeah and Brees Hall's not all the way back and right. the Vikings are doing nothing on the ground and you know a couple things you thought you could count on just aren't there at all especially at that position you laid it out well I mean not only could Taylor's market get a little spike but I mean, could the Browns call Kareem Hunt back? Or you would think Fournette gets a call soon. I mean, a couple of those guys that have been looming out there, maybe they get jobs quick. What makes this whole conversation fraught and what has to be discussed in all of this is the state of the running back market. If teams aren't going to pay high level deals to these running backs, then they're going to get all their use out of these players. They're going to run them into the ground, pun intended. And if you're a running back, you have to be available, which means practicing through injury. It means playing through injury. You have to produce when you get your opportunities because you have to show, hey, I'm worth this money in what is already a depressed market. So that's part of the calculation here too. For both the team and the player, the team, has an incentive to ring out all of the carries they're going to get on that rookie contract because they're probably not going to extend that rookie contract. And the running backs have an incentive to ring out all of the production that they can get to try and entice a team to pay them. This is, this is a big part of what is leading to all of these injuries. Teams are overworking players, and players know they have to overwork just to get that second contract. And finally, Shohei Otani underwent a procedure to repair his right elbow on Tuesday and will not pitch in 2024. His doctor did say he expects Otani to be ready to hit for next year's opening day. The procedure done on Otani's elbow is not Tommy John. Instead, it was a procedure designed to strengthen the ligaments already in place. Don't fret, he's still going to get hella paid in free agency this offseason. And thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports today, do the Giants have any magic left for an upset over the Niners? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.